I braced my little voice and I created a brand called Little Voice Big Business. And since then, like, good stuff has happened. So if you do have something about you or about your experience that's unique and different, and yeah, it might be weird and it might be a bit uncomfortable, might scare the hell out of you, but if you can find a way of embracing that, if that's the thing that's in your cave, so to speak, if there's a way of turning that thing into maybe a unique brand or business or story and face up to it I just feel like the world would be a much more interesting place and you would be happier because rather than hiding something or pretending it wasn't there um, you'd be able to kind of be honest about it. Caution, you will begin to love your 9 to 5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. My guest today is Nadia Feiner, and she's going to correct me in a minute if I butchered her name. Um, but I'm very excited to have you on the show. Nettie, before you, before we actually get to the meat and the potatoes, that's something we say in America, of, of some of your, uh, you know, some of your accomplishments, just tell us a little bit about your personal story um, and how you evolved to doing what you're doing right now. Okay, so I've been on quite a journey. Well, first of all, thanks for having me and thanks for pronouncing my name 100% correctly that nobody ever does. So that's very cool. (laughs) Kudos to me. Yeah, well done you. Right, so um, I started my journey many years ago. Um, It began, um, I was 21, I went to a party um, and there were loads of my university kind of... um, friends there people from my school and people were graduating and they were talking about their jobs and they'd all landed these big fancy well-paid jobs and Mm -hmm. at that party I felt this huge sense of comparisonitis that I was supposed to have a big fancy sensible job and earn loads of money I didn't want one but I felt like this huge pressure to get one because everyone else had one so after that party, after I'd um, cleared my hangover, I started applying for jobs because I felt like it was something I was meant to do. And I blagged my way into my first proper job as a trainee accountant. Okay. And I was the world's worst trainee accountant. I was not only thoroughly unhappy and miserable, um, but I was terrible at it because... <laughs> It's, you know, it plays to all the things I'm not good at um, and particularly detail, um, you know, remembering stuff, you know, not my forte at all. Any form of self-expression and creativity was not required and um, it just did not pan out well. So after a few months, I quit. And I think I was probably the only person to ever leave one of these super fancy, well-paid graduate programs, Um, but I just couldn't hack it anymore. And as soon as I left, I realized that there were more options out there for me. I didn't realize at the time what they were gonna be, but I, um, I was kind of, intrigued I wanted to find something that actually I enjoyed I realized that work should be fun it 
you're not in prison you don't have to stay there and so I started jumping from job to job I'd stick around for about a year and go right I've done this now and move on to the next thing and I ended up in marketing for a number of years for various companies then I went into product development that was fun I got to have ideas and was paid to have ideas and come up with new things and eventually I ended up working for an innovation consultancy, which was really fun. Um, so I kind of... Did you, did you have a degree in accounting? How did you start with accounting? No, I was a languages student. I told you I blagged my way in. I, I didn't lie. I just sort of was like, yes, of course I love problem solving. Of course I'm, you know, I'm interested in business. I just kind of agreed with whatever they asked me and, and they gave me a job so um, I ended up a few years on working for this innovation consultancy where I was hired as part of a team to go in and help massive companies have ideas and improve their customer experience so I actually really liked that job um, but eventually it got to the point where I would you know I was told to embrace the chaos one too many times and I decided that I had to get out of there. And that was kind of the end of my corporate experience. And um, alongside that, as you probably have read, um, I had a sort of rather interesting personal journey that um, may explain <laughs> some of these things. Um, so yeah, that was like the work experience side of it before I became um, self-employed and then ultimately started a business um, and then another business and another business and became a business coach. Um, so hold on, before we go to the personal side, let me yeah. jump in on the professional yeah, side. come on, talk to me more about that. <laughs> just, just for, I want to get to the personal. Mm -hmm. I definitely do it in a second. But uh, from the professional side, so you were in the corporate world, and they told you to embrace the chaos because mm -hmm, um, it was a it was a creative agency, and it was all about the creative process. And I like being creative, and I love having ideas, but I also don't really like chaos. I like to be organized and know what's going on. And after a while, it turned out, and I don't know whether your people will find this interesting or not, but. Um, I, I ditched it and was like, man, I've got to get out of here. I'd had an idea for my first book and I was determined to go and write it. So I, I jacked it in and on a bit of a whim, not with a plan B other than writing this book. And then it turned out I was pregnant. And that was maybe why I felt slightly less able to embrace the creative chaos at that point because, I don't know, I just couldn't cope with it anymore it's like oh my god if one more person tells me that I'm gonna punch him in the face so I had to you know get out yeah, that's a good idea to leave I at left. that point I think so I was like enough's enough and then it was just it just so happened you know then I found out that um you know my my son Jacob he was coming along and uh, that might have been why I was a bit more like emotional <laughs> Okay, that, that that can happen sometimes. There are there are documented cases like that. It's not to be recommended because then you don't get any of the um, the perks that you get when you're employed. So yeah, yeah. learn from my like, like a like a paycheck, like a paycheck, or maybe some kind of maternity pay. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> I know, right? right. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> right, that is a good point. So again, so you're saying that you're working. It's interesting. You're working in a creative environment, mm -hmm. which your personal, your professional journey already 
hold on it was just a lot in what you just said and again we're definitely going to get to the personal side in a minute um but you just in your professional journey you did what so many other people don't do uh first i just want to try to unpack that a little bit you did not agree with the notion to get out there and get a job i don't know what you were thinking of doing but it was just until everyone else is like okay we're going to get these big fancy jobs you're like i'm going to figure out what's good for me until eventually you caved in to try the yeah. To try the the professional route, um, which inevitably you were again, you were someone who was not going to settle, and you know the pro, you, accounting was a horrible fit, so you left. Nobody leaves, you know, from such jobs, but you did it anyway. And then you kind of found your way into the more creative, free spirited part of the business world, and it seems like you embraced both parts very, very well. The creative part and this is the, there's a misnomer out there and people think that the creatives are not business savvy and that is so not true. Some of, some of the creative people are much more business savvy because they don't get down in the weeds and the details and they can kind of zoom out and see the big picture. And, you know, they could yell, I don't know if you know the example, they could yell wrong forest. You know, everyone else is busy hacking at the weeds. Yeah, exactly. And- I love that analogy. You're so right because that's what I'm good at is the big picture so my kind of my gift I suppose is helping people to grow their businesses but from the outside the minute you get sucked into the business I couldn't work in people's businesses with them but I can immediately see what needs to be done to grow a business or what's not working but the detail is not my thing so accountancy is all about detail that was just yeah that would that's a horrible fit it was the way there's no room yeah, there's no room for creativity in a spreadsheet no no start, start rounding numbers up and down and just because you thought it looks prettier on the spreadsheet that's not going to work i mean honestly i bought all these colored pens i remember and i was like color <laughs> i used to color all the stuff in just to make it look kind of prettier i mean it was re- it was horrible so honestly I realized that um, I think over this journey that I've been on, you know, I'm 40 now, so that was kind of 20 years ago, um, wow. that you, sh- you don't have to stay somewhere. And particularly when you're young and you've got fewer responsibilities, you, you know, I knew I could always get a different job um, and it would be fine. It was just a c- kind of case of working out what it was I actually enjoyed. So, yeah, it's been a slightly odd, uh, an odd sort of path to get to where I am. But I think it kind of, it helps me. It's not like I, you know, some people maybe up and decide oh I'm going to become a business coach but they've never worked in big businesses and they've never helped entrepreneurs they just decided so I feel like I've kind of earned my stripes along the way over the years you know it's sort of been a long a long journey yeah I want to point out something that you were a little bit too humble in saying that you know seeing things from the big picture is your gift I suppose Um, there's nothing wrong with that um, I'm sure you've seen this yourself from the businesses that you've worked with and the individuals you've worked with. We all have a gift. And and most people, many people, unfortunately, go through their lives without realizing and accepting, owning, and stepping up to the fact that we have a gift. We were given with something that we have the ability to help and bring value to others in our personal lives and our professional lives in a way to to earn, not just earn our stripes, but earn our keep, You know, earn our paycheck, whether it's through a business through something else and the fact that you've discovered yours is is wonderful and it's a blessing and it's also very much in due to the fact that you wouldn't settle 
so many other people. Um, this, I say over the, you know, in my world as a nursing home administrator, I've interviewed somebody who told me that she was in finance for 20 plus years and hated every second of it, similar to your first job, but she stuck it out. And in the meantime, her, her personal life suffered tremendously. Eventually, um, she left, she went to nursing school and she became a nurse and that's why she interviewed with me. Um, but I asked her, like, why did you do that? You know, and she, oh yeah, she mentioned that she wishes she would have become a nurse right out of high school. And she could have been so far ahead in her journey and in her career, she wouldn't be starting off as a nurse in her 40s. And so I asked her, why, why in the world didn't you do that? And the reason was because her father was in finance and her uncle was in finance. And those were the expectations. And most people go with that. And not just because they can't stand that. Most people think that's probably what is the right step for them. I have my dad's genes, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was the same. I come from a family of people. Well, sort of sensible jobs on one side. I think it was maybe like pressure I put on myself. I thought that that was what was expected of me. But there's a couple of things that come out of what you say. Um, so firstly, you know, if you maybe take a long time to make the change and you perhaps feel like you've wasted 10 years doing something that you didn't love, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily true because I think everything's a stepping stone towards where you're meant to go. So if I hadn't have spent 10 years working in the world of corporate <laughs> big companies doing various things, I don't think I'd be as good at what I do now. If I hadn't have started off doing that accountancy job, I probably wouldn't have landed the other jobs. So everything kind of leads to something else. And I think sometimes what I find interesting in business is that you can shape, um, say you have a personal brand or you're working as a solo business owner, you can often shape your offering and your services, incorporating the different elements of your experience in your life. Um, and that's what can help make you unique and stand out. Whereas it's not to be denied, it's, it's something to, to be embraced. And the other thing that's interesting is that you know, maybe I did feel that I could jump. And I think that part of being an entrepreneur is that rebelliousness and that feeling that you you deserve more and that you can create something amazing if you want to. And I think I always had that in me. Um, and I felt like I didn't, you know, I wanted to enjoy my work. Like I, I love working and I think it's part of life. It's not something I do as a chore. It's something that I would choose to do every day and when I don't do it I miss it so um you know if that's going to be the case and I think we all deserve that in our lives then you know why would you stay for ages doing something you hate yeah the reason why people do it is security yeah. fear and people and lack of confidence that they can actually earn a living doing something that's a much better fit for them. Yeah. And that's where, you know, when in my work as a business coach, that's one of the things I love doing is showing people that they can actually create a living doing what they do, but it's not necessarily the case that everyone knows how, because it's a specific skill set, isn't it? Designing a business. And maybe you're an amazing, you want to, maybe you want to become an aromatherapist or a reflexologist, or um, you want to run a podcast or be a fitness instructor. And that's the thing, the doing that work is what fills you with joy. And that's the thing you love most. But it doesn't mean you necessarily know how to turn that into a business or that you know how to make that. Into yeah, let's, a let's talk off, yeah, let's talk offline about that. 
Yeah. Okay. I'll help you. No, because, you know, you might train in a subject. Like, say you've trained to become an interior designer or, um, you know, you train to become a a bricklayer. I don't know, but you might not get trained on how to run a business doing that. And that's where it all kind of falls apart. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, some of the people who are the most skilled, they feel like they should do it for everyone for free, especially their neighbors and their brothers-in-law and everyone else and you know and i can't can never charge that much it's just not fair it's so easy for me that's another mistake that people make too is that you know what comes naturally to them is like well that that takes nothing they don't realize that that's a skill and for other people they can't do it but before we get too far down the road um let's let's go back to the personal side that we said we're going to get back to tell us a little bit about that journey if you don't mind you brought it up yeah i brought it up and also i can't really like avoid it because so yeah you're listening to me talk (laughs) and uh, you can kind of tell that there's you know I sound really young don't I and that's you know my story has been one of overcoming um, a huge kind of insecurity about the way I sound and it's funny because I'm wearing these headphones now and actually my story began at school when I was in the language laboratory learning French and I was wearing headphones like this and I had to, um, I was about 15 and I had to record myself speaking. Um, and it was this newfangled technology. That's how old I am. There were tape machines. <laughs> and uh, I heard of those. Yeah, do you remember them? And yeah. uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> there was tape machines and you had to record yourself speak. And then you hit record you hit play and you listen to it back to check your pronunciation. And at that point, I was talking about a film I'd seen. um, I listened to my voice and I honestly thought I was listening to the wrong tape um, because all I heard was this kid talking about a film and I couldn't understand why the kid was saying what I'd said. (laughs) And then it finally dawned on me that it was me and that was how I sounded. And you know, because in those days you didn't have Snapchat, <laughs> you didn't have Instagram, you weren't recording yourself ever. Um, so this was like the first time I'd ever heard myself speak and I couldn't believe it. Um, and I got such a shock. And at that point I kind of, it felt like the walls were kind of closing in on me and I realised that there was something a bit odd about me and that I sounded weird and that you know I kind of took this weird vow almost of silence obviously I wasn't a mute like I did speak but I just didn't do things that other people did so I wouldn't phone someone that I didn't know um I mean that's ridiculous when you think about it but I didn't do that I wouldn't go on stage I struggled to speak in like a group situation so imagine like in university when you have a seminar and everyone takes it in turns to speak by the time it would get to me I'd be like this nervous wreck and I still am a little bit now um, and professionally it was interesting I used to get shipped off to elocution lessons people used to sort of make comments um about my voice people ask when they ring my house they ask to speak to my mum all the time even now yeah now all the time so and they you know people say oh you should do voiceovers in cartoons 
you know, that's what they say to me pretty much every week. Someone says that to me. So as an entrepreneur, it's been really challenging because running your own business, it's a lot about visibility and self-promotion. And for me, that's been a huge battle and also how to create a brand um, that stands out when really... Let me jump in here with a question. Until you are... Kids are brutal, right? Kids are mean. Uh, Kids are honest. Let's say it that way. They're not politicians. They don't know how to sugarcoat stuff. So when I'm doing something with my kids, my kids are my best critics. And they'll tell me when I'm doing something that's terrible or wearing something that's terrible. So up until 15, nobody made any comments? Well, I guess until I was about 10, I probably sounded like everybody else because that's kind of, you know, I sound... That's a good point. And then, like, when I was at, at school, you know, you start when you're 11 and then by the time you're 15, everyone's so used to hearing you, they don't really notice, maybe. So I think it was only once it started getting to the point where you're putting yourself out into the bigger world um that's when it kind of really became an issue and like bosses would say stuff to me uh at various points you know they'd make let's say weird things to clients like someone said oh she sounds like a little girl but she's got a big brain to a client while I was standing there I was like oh yay thanks so that, that was been, was that a compliment well, how was that intended i think that was intended as a compliment but i found it like mortifying so yeah. you know you can imagine it's kind of built up and built up then when i quit my job to go and write this first book which was actually about kind of relevant to what you're talking about it's all about how um it's called there's more to life than shoes because I hated my job and I was just saving up money to buy shoes and I realized there had to be more to life so me and my friend we went off on this big mission to interview these inspirational women and find out how they'd done what they did and then part of writing this book we had to get interviews with people so I had to phone people that I didn't know and interview them and honestly I found it terrifying um so yeah I kind of had to push past that and then when I was over the years run different businesses and stuff I just kept like creating brands and businesses where I'd hide behind the business so for example I ran a PR business where I was basically invisible (laughs) so I'd even though it's a PR business yeah the irony is insane so I just I would you know I have a brand I'd be like mentioned on the website with one standard photo which was usually the same picture I used everywhere and at that point I even brought in a business partner who was this really loud brash woman who um, I could literally hide behind so you can see how it kind of played out and it wasn't until Um, more recently in about 2014 when I created a personal brand and I was looking for ways to distinguish myself from all the other business coaches out there and I I started to look around me and realize that you know everyone else does it a certain way everyone else looks a certain way sounds a certain way and it just wasn't me and it was so fake and I couldn't pretend any longer and I I had this moment you know when a quote just drop drops into your mind and it's really mm-hmm. powerful this yeah. quote came to me um, that I'd read somewhere by Joseph Campbell and he said um, the cave you fear to enter 
holds the treasure you seek. So nice. yeah, I know. So I was like, oh my god, it's true. For me, the cave, my voice is the thing in the cave. If I can just embrace how I sound rather than hiding away from it. Let me just let me, just, let me review that. Yeah. The cave you fear to enter holds the, the treasure, treasure you seek. Holds the treasure you seek. Yeah. I've heard it differently, um, but basically, that you're if you want to know where your greatest strengths are, it's exactly the thing you're most petrified of doing, and most people will you know, do everything they can, arrange their whole life around not confronting it. But once you confront it, that's when real greatness, you know, can come. Yeah. So it seems like you very cleverly figured out all sorts of ways. You were, you were partially embracing it, I have to say. I'm totally embracing you, it now. But now, but even, even before that, like you had a big PR company uh, or you, you were working in a PR role and putting yourself behind the scenes, but you were doing what you really needed to do but without fully embracing it. So was there a particular moment or a point in time where you could say that you completely, um, you know, accepted who you are and decided to use that as a strength instead of a weakness? Tell yeah. us about it. So I had, um, I was working with this woman. She was my business partner and we had, we didn't get on and I was hiding behind her essentially. Mm -hmm. And we had an argument and she accused me of playing small. And I really, I was like, what does that even mean? But she started shouting at me. We're having this phone conversation and she said, you're playing small. You don't know what you're doing. You know, you're holding us back. And it just brought an, a load of other really horrible stuff. And it brought up this, you know, huge volcano of rage within me. And I just thought, I'm not having this anymore. Um, I, I'm not going to be that little person anymore. I can't allow people to walk all over me and to be hiding like this because I know I'm capable of great things. I'm just not doing them. Um, so we, I said you're gonna hear from my lawyer <laughs> and I didn't oh, wow. I didn't have a lawyer I went and got one but we you know we fell out the business kind of crumbled but I knew that because I'd created businesses before and I was I could do it I'd just pick myself up and do it again but obviously it took me a long time because I was on the sofa eating too much ice cream feeling really sorry for myself and during that time you know I really had to like face my fears that was when I decided to go it alone focus on the strategy not have a business partner ever again um become a coach because that was the thing I actually love doing and the thing I do best and then it was just this kind of ongoing like how am I going to do it am I going to be myself or am I going to pretend again to be everybody mm -hmm. else and at that point you know doing my branding I decided now's the time um, I had a conversation with a friend and she said, you know what you have to do. And I was like, I don't want to do it. People are going to laugh at me. Right. I can't do it. And she said, you, you know, she was like, I just think if you do it, great things will come. And you know, when you know someone's right and then you just aren't quite ready to do it and put down the phone Oh, oh yeah i know i have to do this i know uh, i'll tell do you it. that i mean you know this probably better than anybody else but the world is so full of of lies and fake people who put up especially now with the internet age it's so easy to put up a beautiful looking website and put up a couple of videos and anyone who has zero to to a drop of experience in business 
so many people say I'm a business coach, I'm an author because I had someone go write a book for me or I sat on my computer and put some stuff together. I know. You know some of the statistics of how far people actually read through your books. Now, your book is different and we'll get to that soon. But other people's books, um, many of them are barely read and a lot of them have them just for some credibility. Just so much garbage out there. I think you referenced this a little bit in the beginning. Yeah, and there's the a lot of garbage. <laughs> but people who are people that you know this yourself. People are starving for authenticity. Yeah. People are starving for someone to be vulnerable, but not vulnerable because they know vulner vulnerability is what sells, because that also is. Yeah, fair. that's just annoying to me because I feel like, um, you know, there's people pretending to be vulnerable when they're not. <laughs> right, but mean, someone to, to do it for real, it's like this is a fear that you've been dodging you know, for decades. It goes on. It's not even over. This is the thing. It's not. I mean, so obviously I braced my little voice and I created a brand called Little Voice Big Business. And since then, like good stuff has happened. So that's, you know, you needed to know that 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 did happen. But it doesn't mean it's over because, you know, the other day I was in New York and I was giving a talk about my book and telling my story. And I was so afraid. <laughs> I was just having like this massive meltdown before um before the talk you know this stuff doesn't go away like if it's true if it's part of you you might overcome it but I overcome it on a daily basis you know it doesn't mean it's gone forever um I'm not magically cured and neither are you know my people they're not magically cured either they still mm -hmm. struggle with their stuff it's just that we have found the strength and the techniques that we require to push through it and we have I have a bigger purpose you know I want to help my people to grow their businesses and I realize if I don't do this like if I you know my fallback position is to stay at home and do nothing and hide if I back do, to the couch yeah the couch if I stay <laughs> on the couch eating ice cream who am I helping no one really so you know ben and, Jerry. ben and Jerry will be rich men they already are they don't need my money um so I kind of owe it to people to push through and I, you know, so I think when I talk about the fact that I was really scared, but I did something anyway, or that, you know, I've created this brand around my voice, which was my biggest insecurity, or they see me doing these podcasts or what, writing a book and then talking about the book, then people... Is this difficult that. for you right now? Yeah, I'm like super hot <laughs> and not That's in a good way. <laughs> because you're talking to someone that you never spoke to before yeah. and you know it's going to be shared with a lot of other people yeah and also just you know just kind of I could just be on the sofa <laughs> <laughs> couldn't I I could just tell no one I'm like oh I'm so boiling anyway carrying on your point about quality I think there is a lot of rubbish out there there are people who are pretending to be something that they're not people that don't have the skills to back it up. And I don't think we can be bitter and twisted about it because I really believe that the cream rises to the top and so true. people get found out and I see it happening all the time. You know, they just, if you don't deliver results, people won't hire you again. They won't recommend you to their friends and Okay, you could play a short game, chuck loads of exactly. money at it and invest in it and get out there and get publicity or traction through Facebook ads. But if you're terrible at what you do or you're dodgy, then 
it's only gonna last dodgy, dodgy. can you translate <laughs> like, in, in like uh, fake a liar yeah cheap, or like yeah. yeah you're not you're a scammer if you're a scammer okay. then um it, it's all gonna fall apart fairly quickly so i try not to worry about that or get caught yeah. up in other people's shenanigans yeah i mean you can only fake it so far i mean there's so many i've, I've seen this because I've been looking for, you know, different people and I've actually worked with a couple of people, um, it, you know, business coach related, executive coach related. Mm -hmm. And I've, I'm happy, very happy with the people that I have worked with. But some of the people, you know, you see, uh, you know, you get caught, but you know, you're in their sales funnel mm -hmm. when you're watching their video and it kind of a lot, they have all sorts of claims that sound amazing, but you can sort of, after going through enough of them, you can kind of tell the ones that are dodgy and the ones that are a little bit more legitimate yeah sure. and uh, <clears throat> you know people people create struggles that they didn't really have or maybe they overplay them and although they may not think that it's obvious but for people who are real and in a real desperate situation where they're reaching out to the you know to the world wide web to help them with their plight you know sometimes they can be a little bit more discerning and to see what's real and what's yeah. not real now getting back to your story for a second was there a moment um, when you doing your own business where it's the, I made this moment and this is clear I, I got it not necessarily your first million dollars in the bank but um, more specifically where this is clear that this is my purpose this is what I should be doing this is what I want to do with the rest of my life um, yeah I think last year I um, gave a talk in Las Vegas and it was nice. it was to hundreds of people at this big entrepreneur event and you know it which was, one was it it was this woman called carolyn soldo so it was her kind of coaching event or whatever. and okay. she invited me we'd met before at some other event she'd heard me speak and she invited me to come and share my story to her audience and i think you know being invited to travel that far was really cool but also the audience was huge and it was just like it felt really proper you know and um from you know there was actually a stage and mic so that went down the proper, back of your trousers <laughs> so proper sounds like the reverse of dodgy yeah no it wasn't it <laughs> was like it just felt really I think it just felt like a big a big moment for me and um, I had the same thing literally the other day when you know I think there's loads of these moments so you you experience one thing and you you feel completely afraid and you do it anyway and it's cool and then you think oh I'll do it again and then um, mm -hmm. you know the other day I was doing this talk in New York to launch my book and I walked into the room and as part of the deal everyone had a book as part of their ticket so um seeing my book like traveling to new york and then seeing your book on everyone's desk and then being welcomed in and everyone's cheering oh it's cool i mean obviously i was really like super nervous and shaking but it was it was but well, you're you're upfront about that i don't remember i don't know which video i just no, watched i before. really i tell everyone you're upfront with it when you come in and you let them know that you're nervous yeah I that do. you're very nervous someone told and me not to they said you shouldn't do that you shouldn't like tell everyone that you're nervous but i can't help it i just feel like it's so obvious that if i don't say it they're gonna think i'm sort of weird or something so i just right. say i'm like oh. 
<laughs> I'm trying to remember who I've heard say that you should be upfront with it. Uh, you know, yeah. at least to to an extent, because exactly what you said. Everyone's if if it's true, they see it anyway, and you might as well bring them on your side. And you, they immediately can identify because guess what? There's probably not one person in the room who would get up and do what you're doing or has done anything that you've already done. Yeah, so you're I think much that's more true. And, and they know it. And they know, like, oh my gosh, she's willing just to stand up there on a stage, even if you say nothing. Uh, that itself is something that's tremendous. I forget which comedian said it. I'm sure you've heard this before that the number one fear that people have is public speaking, and number two is death. Which means that you would rather you would prefer to be in the coffin than being the one delivering the eulogy. Oh my god, that's awful! No, <laughs> I think that's horrible. I um, yeah, I I get it though because all the eyes are on you. But I mean, you get a kick out of it at the end. It's just getting through it in the first place. But the thing is, pe- my people, people who um. I work with who listen to my podcast who are attracted to my message they you know they come up to me at the end of these talks and they say oh my goodness thank you so much for sharing your story because I totally understand how you feel and I feel like that too because of my accent the way I look like it all kinds of random stuff and it's not always superficial stuff it's you know maybe they felt they've always felt really shy all their life or they just whatever it is and I think seeing somebody who feels like that too and just does it anyway they find that um empowering maybe they you know they feel like they can do it too so I like to help people who who get that and who feel like that too and then who want to go bigger in whatever it is and I'm I you know I'm not as big in my business uh, my profile as I would like to be but I'm getting there and I think if I can do it then other people can do it too okay fair fair enough um and you definitely will get there I mean as you can see it's a snowball effect and when people when the word gets out you know uh and people see your book or they come to your events and they can see the authenticity and they can see the, what, you're, what you're still struggling with and how you're overcoming it, and you're not letting it pull you down. I mean, that itself, um, you know, that just earns you respect. You know, it's, 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 you're not marketing. It's not interruptive marketing where you're shoving a book down the, the, you know, down the throat. It's the opposite. You're, you're um, or up their eyeballs, <laughs> however you want to say it. But the point is that you're showing them who you really are. You're showing them your struggles. You're showing them what you've accomplished and how you've overcome your struggles but that the struggle is real. And that's why people can connect with you and they can relate with you. Now, there are listeners who are listening to this, not right now as we're recording it, but they're probably listening in their cars uh, once this is on the air. And they're saying that I also have a, some sort of struggle, be it a personal personality, maybe something physical, which they're very self-conscious about, or maybe they're in a social environment, a family environment, where what they want to do is not in sync with what they're expected to do or any other challenge. And again, you've had your set of challenges, which you've shared with us. And thank you for being upfront about that. And I know that it's difficult. Uh, what would you say to someone? Obviously, you know, time is short and we have to wrap this up already. But what would, if you had to give them one piece of advice of how to deal with their challenge, whatever it may be, is there any one particular thing that you would tell them uh, to give them some sort of framework of how to think about and deal with their 
their unique and their specific challenge? Yeah, I guess it depends on the kind of challenge and then what they want to achieve. So I guess if somebody wanted more specific advice, they need to like get in touch and I can have a think about it. But generally speaking, I'm just, I guess I'm fed up of seeing everybody trying to be the same. You know, it's so beige. Everyone's copying everybody else. So if you do have something about you or about your experience that's unique and different and yeah, it might be weird and it might be a bit uncomfortable, might scare the hell out of you. But if you can find a way of embracing that, if that's the thing that's in your cave, so to speak, if there's a way of turning that thing into maybe a unique um, brand or business or story and face up to it. I just feel like the world would be a much more interesting place and you would be happier because rather than hiding something or pretending it wasn't there, um, you'd be able to kind of be honest about it. And honestly, you know, I feel so much, it is scary doing this, but I'm so relieved that I just get to do it in a way that's honest and not have to pretend, you know, pretending is exhausting. So if you can find a way of um, relieving yourself from that pressure but then also creating something beautiful and unique as a result then it's amazing I think it's a win-win so yeah awesome I, I hope you can do that and if you need help let me know <laughs> okay so so we'll get to that in a moment but I, I don't think you could have said it better because I, there's so much pressure now especially with you know Facebook and Instagram all the different social media channels where everyone is promoting a, a fake life that they don't live and they're only sharing what they choose to share and their neighbors know that their real life is not like their Facebook profile likes, you know, likes to portray. Um, that's just, the, that's just the way it is. And people spend, I like what you said, that's exhausting. People, uh, many people, I'm thinking out loud how this might apply to me and I'm not going to share it on the air because I got to think about this. But um, many people are busy shielding who they are or a certain part of their personality, a certain part of their background because they're trying to conform to what they think is expected of them personally or professionally. Mm -hmm. So if I understand what you're saying correctly is identify that thing, which for other people is probably very obvious, which is why getting outside help is probably a good idea if it's difficult. But even, even before that, take a pen and paper and just write down what are the things that every professional encounter you feel like you have to, you know, the subject that's off limits. Let's try not to get there. And then realize that perhaps, again, depending on what it is, I assume, but perhaps that yeah. might be the area where, where you'll connect the best to people or you may have a skill in there or a talent or a business or something that you bring to the table specifically in that area, um, which, you may, which may be the area that the world is waiting for. And it doesn't mean yeah. you have to become a, a viral internet celebrity overnight, but it may just simply mean transitioning from a job to creating a business or transitioning within, you know, industries or even just a new mindset in the job that you're already doing without any change, but just embracing who you are. I mean, that is really, that is really fabulous. Did you want to add something to that? I just, well, I, I just feel like often it's the thing we're afraid of. So when, you know, for me with my voice, I would never have thought that that was the thing. I didn't, it didn't even occur to me. I was so busy trying to hide from it that, um, it, it was kind of subconscious in a way and I did need a friend to point it out to me. Um, so, so it could be the thing you're hiding on purpose and the thing you feel like it's maybe unacceptable or that it scares you. And I think 
interestingly too that when you look at what that could be the chances are that other people feel afraid or scared of that thing too so by going there and being the person like for me embracing the little and talking about how to go big when you feel little I you know other people by default feel that too they get it so um it kind of makes you more human it's just easier you attract more people and there's there's just a lot to be said for it but it has to be authentic if it's fake like you said people can tell and there's a lot of fakeness it's like oh you know they say you can't fake authenticity not really i don't think so (laughs) well you can try you can try it it's not gonna work but you also did something very clever is that you didn't become the voice of people who sound perhaps younger than they really are, you broadened that and made that much deeper and, and much more important and relevant to so many more people. That people who feel small for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, people who have, you know, people who have self, uh, self-imposed limitations or not self-imposed limitations, but for whatever reason is they feel like they're smaller than they really are, letting them realize that there's greatness that needs to be unlocked within and it's within them it's not their boss it's not their neighbors not their parents or spouse or not just those people Mm -hmm. (laughs) a big part of the equation is inside of them now we could we could talk about this for a lot longer but um what is the name of your new book and what is your new book about um, i've got it here because i remembered so it's called little me big business nice and it's all about how to grow your small business, increase your profits and go global in your pajamas. So the idea is that you're a late, you're working from home, you work by yourself and you're running your little business by yourself. Now, what happens when you want to go bigger than your time um, or resources allow? What do you do then? How do you scale up and have a bigger impact on the world? How do you make more money? And um, that's what this is all about. You're going to leave us hanging? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Oh, Oh, no, there's sensible things you can try. And some of what we've discussed is in there, this idea of embracing your big personality, being you um, in your business is one of the key ways to do it because you attract your people. So there's there's some stories in there. There's some funny stuff. Like I don't like to write in a boring, serious, businessy way, but there's still loads of practical advice. And I think um, hopefully, you know, people, well, people are saying nice things about it. So that's good. And the pajamas thing, I think is really important. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, apparently because... <laughs> you're very connected to the sofa. Yeah. I am I'm wearing pajamas on the bottom half as we speak. Um, but I think it's just nice to be kind of comfy and at home and um but I love the idea that I'm wearing my pajamas I'm talking to you in Boston and you know running a global business from my house it's cool right and it's not like I'm limited I feel like the the limits are gone it's there's no more self-imposed limitation I I wouldn't limit your market to people who want to work in pajamas because other people might not want to (laughs) some people might be more comfortable a little more formal but I I think the point is you can choose you can choose to work how you want when you want if you choose that you need to sit in an office and feel busy that way so be it but if you want to be able to work on your roof type or on the sofa eating ice cream in your pajamas, and so be it. The point <laughs> yeah. is, there, there, there are no limitations. I mean, the world is through the 
as the internet advances and it makes us more and more connected, perhaps more than we'd like to be, uh, at the same time, you know, the opportunities are huge. And it's just, it's for, and everyone can maximize, um, you know, and figure out a way to be able to grow their, the value that they give to the world. It used to be that if you were a smith, you had a profession, you had a very limited market of whatever town or if you were in a city, still extremely limited compared to now where so many of the services are not physical services, they're digital services. If you don't have one, you could figure out a way to transform what you already do into a digital product or a service or something that could be done online. And even conversations like we're having right now, which again, you're, you're in a different time zone, many countries away across the ocean. And it's just so easy and so simple and free, frankly, to do all this stuff. Yeah, so, it's amazing. I mean, it, we're so lucky. There's no limitations. But at the same time, you know, you've got all these limits, like th this freedom. But if you're imposing limitations on yourself, um, it doesn't matter how kind of freeing it is using <laughs> all this amazing technology. If you're still stuck on the sofa because you're afraid um, or you're talking yourself out of it or you're self-sabotaging or you're procrastinating or doing all of those things, you kind of need to have both sides sorted out, the strategy and also the mindset. Otherwise, you won't get anywhere. So I see a lot of people that come and they've got, you know, some of the business stuff sorted. They've got a good idea, but they're stuck in themselves. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring both sides together. Because I know for me, awesome. I get like, I get stuck otherwise on the personal stuff. And then that can hold me back. So I just wanted to show everyone that it is possible. And it's possible to do it in a way that's not overwhelming or fake or scary. You know, you can do this. And if I can do it, then you can. Awesome. Now, I like to end off uh, each episode before we, you give us our, your contact information and how to get the book. Is there any other book that you've read that has made a tremendous impact in your personal or your professional life that you would recommend to others? Now, I know I don't want you to do reverse marketing to your book. Obviously, your book is the best on the subject. Oh, yeah, but obviously. Is there another book that, that has really made a, a very strong um impact on the way you see the world or on the way you conduct business every day yeah I think one of the ones that had um, a big impact on me um, early on was the four-hour work week when you know that really opened my eyes to changing the way I think about things um, mm -hmm. you know it's not it's weird because it's not something I sort of refer back to like some books you refer back to but that right. was just more the concept when I read it I was like oh my goodness you know this this is interesting things could be different and um i think it's really powerful in that sense because it does give you um a sense of what's possible yeah it might be a bit exaggerated and a little bit unrealistic sometimes and okay, i could, happy that you said that and i could pick holes in his model and i'm not keen on some of the methodology but you know, in some ways, the idea behind it and the, the principles, I think, aha, this is really interesting. So, you know, there's things about it that I like, but, um, and, you know, things I'd improve. But yeah, I think as a concept, it's a good one. Okay, awesome. That has been recommended before. So we're gonna have to put your book here as well. Um, if for our listeners, and even before we just we sign off, I agree with you completely that originally, I read the book, and it blew my mind because he basically challenges all the norms of business and personal growth mm -hmm. 
and there's so much truth to that is you know he, he's he's kind of reverse uh engineering your business life instead of saying i have to work 40 hours a week how should i spend my 40 hours a week he's like no you need money to pay your bills you, and, and the other assumption is that you know you're going to figure out the hourly rate that's going to be best for you and for him it's the other way you need money to come in it doesn't have to be you working you can create products, businesses, you can do anything you want to do. And those things can pay you when you sleep. Now, obviously, it's not as simple as it makes it. And even though there's a ton of resources there, it's not so simple just to have an idea and create something. No. Yeah, you know, in a third world country and have it selling for millions of dollars on Amazon, it doesn't exactly work so simply. But the concept is true that if you want to live life on your own terms, it might not be four hours a week, it might not be 40, it might be 100, but you'll be loving every minute of it. And you can tailor your life, um, you can tailor your business to fit with your life. You don't have to, you know, kind of squeeze your life or squeeze the life out of you and try to live for the weekends. Um, yeah, I agree. A, a I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you liked it too, because I think it kind of, for me, it backed up a lot of things um, and opened my eyes to some new things. It also made me realize that I have a different approach to him in some ways. Um, and, you know, we can talk about outsourcing. I love outsourcing certain things, but um, I also think it's important to do um, certain things yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, for our listeners, if they want to see more about you, about some of your work, or if they want to be in touch with you, or maybe if they want to work with you one-on-one, uh, what is the best place? Is there one best place to send them? Or Yeah. I think if they head over to my website to go to nadiafiner.com, um, there you can listen to my podcast. You could download some useful things. Um, you could also book in to chat to me. I'm happy to chat to people and see if I can help you. Book-wise, you can search for my book on Amazon. Um Surprise. Yeah, right. I mean, it's available in lots of, it's in loads of places, but I'll just tell you that one because then it kind of covers off all the countries. So um, little me, big business on Amazon. And I'd love to hear from you and let me know if you like it. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for being vulnerable, sharing the value that you've shared with the listeners. And again, you know, I will post those, uh, we'll post those links in the show notes. So if you weren't taking notes until now, that's okay. Uh, everything that we spoke about will be in the show notes. Um, even a lot of the content and links that were discussed will all be in the show notes. Um, I can't give you the exact episode number because I don't know it yet. But when we do it, um, it'll all be then it'll be live. Thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Nadia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really fun.